0: Good morning. This is Stacy with LSDS. I'm grateful to have Kelsey back on the microphone with me here again today. Good morning, Kelsey. Good morning. We are chasing weather today, and our focus is on specifically tornadoes. And here's how we ended up on this topic. We're in the middle of what we call safety plan season for some of our risk mitigation work. We've got collegiate travelers headed out all across the U.S., international travel as well. And one of the sections on that safety plan that they have to fill out ahead of time is environmental concerns. And we've got some like main bullets on there, some pretty major ones that include tornadoes, but has hurricanes, wildfires, flooding, that sort of stuff on there. And we had a couple where the feedback on there was like, oh, there's no risk for tornadoes. And I was like, that's not right. We've been seeing this popping up on the news a lot recently. So I just did a really quick Google. And I think, Kelsey, you had sent it to me too. You're like, hey, I'm not sure that this isn't a risk there. Maybe they should look into this. And sure enough, yes, really quick search. And that pulled up that what we've seen this year so far as far as tornado activity in the U.S. is really high numbers. We're breaking records already. And I will say the statistics that I pulled up at the time were from January through March. and this is from uh, weather.com that I was getting this information at that point. So for the first three months of the year, there had been at least 410 tornadoes reported in the U.S., which topped 2017's record of 398. Now, this is a preliminary number, so the data may change either a little less or more as the storms were confirmed over the processes that they do for that. And usually, the average number of tornadoes for that same time period, January through March, and these are through the years from 2002 through 2021, the average number of tornadoes was 163. So for us to be over 400 in that time period is significant. So, in what we think of too, and I think this is where we saw in the safety plans, they were going to a state that isn't traditionally considered part of quote unquote tornado alley. All right. The majority of storms that we have seen so far this year have been in the southeast and the Midwest. So, and that's outside of tornado alley. They had a great map graphic on here where you're seeing that concentration of storms. You see the reports on the news all the time where they're showing these large storm systems. Moving across the country and you just don't know where tornadoes are going to touch down within those storm systems. Some other statistics from this year already too. From January 12th through April 5th, there had been 63 people were reported killed by tornadoes. The total number of people killed by tornadoes in 2022, the whole entire year was 23. So we've already gone way over the total number. For all of last year. Also, the average number of people killed by tornadoes annually from 2012 through 2022 is 49. So again, like not only are storms, way more tornadoes happening, but they are very destructive as well. So it is a big concern for us this year.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing those numbers, a good question to ask is why has this year been so active? So it's been a warm, wet winter. And we can get into why that is in a completely different podcast. But basically, the West has seen a steady stream of what are called atmospheric rivers. Basically, those are storms that carry a ton of moisture. As those track eastward, those are contributing to a heightened risk for severe weather because storms need warmth and moisture. The usual winter weather, cold, that will keep them at bay. But this year's warm winter has created conditions under which severe storms thrive even outside the traditional tornado season, which usually peaks sometime around April, May, and June. Though we've seen an increase in these storms earlier than usual, that doesn't mean that they're over. Such weather will likely continue for the next two months. So and that's our concern, too,
0: because we have a lot of these travelers starting their travel next month. So it's something that's absolutely on our radar, no pun intended, but may being right in the middle of that. And we've got a lot of travelers that are heading out, both road trips, airplane travel, going to new locations. So we've got some tips here, some research that we did going into tornadoes. So next thing is the definitions. We hear this a lot too, where you have a tornado watch, tornado warning, and tornado emergency. I personally will always get confused between the watch and the warning. So tornado watch means watch. Be alert, stay informed about the weather that's going on. So you may have already put out there's a severe storm system coming your way. It does not mean that there actually is a tornado or that one has been identified anywhere, but it means that conditions are favorable for a potential tornado. Okay, so go on alert at this point. Tornado watch, watch out. Okay, this is a good time to make sure you're prepared. Identify some of the things we're going to go over in more detail in a little bit here. You've got some time here, but you need to be paying attention. Tornado warning, this means that a tornado has been sighted or there's a strong radar indication that one is in progress. It may not have yet touched ground. This is when you should immediately seek shelter, go to your safe place until the tornado threat has passed. A tornado emergency is the highest alert given to a tornado event. This is an imminent danger to life and property, if you have not already, seek refuge in the safest location possible. There's a lot of alert systems too. You know, we've gotten those that come up on our phone. Like you have that obnoxious sound, totally gets your attention. If you've got kids, it absolutely gets their attention. We've had those come over the radio in the car, on our phones, that sort of thing should be going off at these times. We've got an outline here too of how to, we're gonna go over how to prepare, what to do after a tornado as well. And we have a lot of links and resources that's going to be attached to this podcast as well for reference. So things that we're talking about here, we've got a big linked list here so that you can look up into more detail what we're talking about here. So if the first section, how to prepare. Kelsey, I'll let you get started in that section there.
1: Sure. So first and foremost, you want to think about what would be a safe shelter in or around the places that you spend a lot of time. So a lot of tornadoes happen at night probably going to be at home, but it's not a bad idea to know if if you're spending a lot of time in the office where you could go in the event that there was some severe weather while you're there. The best option is going to be a shelter that's meant to withstand high winds, but the next best option is to go to a small room, ideally without windows. You want to try to put as many walls between you and the outside as possible on the lowest level of a sturdy building. So mobile, manufactured, trailer homes, RVs, those are all going to be a no-go in these kind of weather events. Mm -hmm. And practice. So this is similar like to doing fire
0: drills with your family or whoever you're staying with, your roommates. We had these in college too, where we would discuss, okay, where are we going to go? How are we going to get there? Where's our meet at point? Our roommates, that sort of thing. And practice that, especially if you have small kids. Do it when you're adults too. It really helps to go over these and moving quickly. How quickly can you get to your identified safe space?
1: Mm -hmm. You want to also plan to stay connected. So that's with your loved ones, but it's also with your local alert system. So sign up for free emergency alerts. You want to make sure you know how your community alerts. Some have siren systems. Some use smartphones and media. So think Twitter, et cetera. I have a story about this. I've lived in Nashville for about four years, and my first year there during tornado season, the sirens were going off, and I had no idea what it was. I had my doors open, everything. It was just windy outside; hadn't really started raining yet. And I sent a video to my friend asking what it was, and she was like, "Kelsey, that's a tornado warning. You should probably shut your windows and go somewhere safe." (laughs) So definitely don't. Don't follow my example on that, but I took those a lot more seriously in the following years that I lived there. You want to also monitor local weather and news. So always keep tabs on that. Make sure you have a backup battery or way to charge your phone in the event that you lose power. Battery powered radio is not a bad idea or your car radio works and know the different terms to look out for, which we went over earlier.
0: Absolutely. Emergency supplies, having these set up ahead of time. So the thing that I I think tornadoes are probably my one of my least favorite emergency or disaster natural disasters because you don't know where it's going to land. It, they're completely unpredictable and they move insanely fast too. Hurricanes, you have days, heads up. And so you can you have that time to prepare, right? With tornadoes, you don't. So gather emergency supplies and that's really something we should all be doing right now because it is quote unquote tornado season and obviously they're happening a lot. But make sure that you've got non-perishable food water supply and medications that are needed. Consider all the needs of your household. Do you have any special needs? Make sure that your pets are ready too. What do you need to have on hand for them? Do they have, if you have outdoor pets that you know are not inside with you, can go to the shelter room with you. Outdoor pets, what is the plan to make sure that they are safe or in shelter and that it's safe shelter, right? So that's a whole nother ballpark if you're on a farm or something like that. we will have a link too, to our egress bags that we have you can use those as like a checklist to see what we recommend you have in your go bags. We have them for kids. We have them for pets as well as adults. So they have some ideas in there as well. Any special needs, though, so make sure all that is covered. A stay-at-home kit. If you're going to stay there, you should have at least two weeks of supplies. For medications, other medical needs or equipment, a one-month supply is recommended. And we're getting those. these kind of stats here are from the Red Cross. It's their recommendations here. Consider keeping a list of your medications and dosages with you as well and keep all the copies of personal financial medical records, all that sort of stuff, regardless of any disaster, et cetera. Hard copies, have digital copies too, but have hard copies and we highly recommend storing those in something that is both fireproof and waterproof, okay, regardless of whatever disaster is happening.
1: Not a bad idea to also learn some emergency skills if you don't already. You could learn first aid and CPR to help others, your loved ones or people you cross paths with be ready, especially to live without power, gas and water for a little bit of time or a lot of bit of time. So plan for your electrical needs, think phones, medical equipment, whatever you might need day to day. If medical equipment, talk to your doctor and plan for some backup power
0: very very necessary so that's all this preparation type stuff so after a tornado and again these storms move super fast so this is my tornado story we lived in North Carolina for 12 years where we were living at the time they were not very common and this was the only time we had to run into this while we were there over 12 years right but the storm system that stretched all the way from like it was all the way up into Ohio all the way down to the Gulf Coast it was that large and it spawned a record number of tornadoes across that entire stretch. And one of them literally bounced through town, it comes through so fast. And it sounds like a train. I know you hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. But it sounded like a train, full freight train went over the house. And it happened so quickly. Like you really have, it's surprising how very little time you have to react to this. So the importance of Knowing where you're going to go ahead of time. So you don't have to, you don't have time to try to figure it out at the time, not even close. It bounced over our house, took off tops of trees, but then landed in a yard several roads over, completely mangled everything in that yard. The house was okay, but then caused a lot of damage when it bounced again in a neighborhood several miles down the road. Um, So after tornado, what are you going to do? Several things here, and we'll also get into an important part of communicating with your loved ones afterwards. But first one, avoid injury. Get your new sources if you can. Dep- this is, depends too on like what's happened to cell towers, electricity, that sort of thing. Do not enter damaged buildings. I think there's a desire too, to like want to save things. If a building has been damaged and you're in it, exit as cautiously as possible and stay out of it. Okay, until it can be checked out for safety reasons. If you're trapped and cannot get out, do your best to try to cover your mouth with a cloth mask, something that's available to avoid breathing dust. All right. If you have your phone with you, which you should try to keep it with you, try to send a text message. If you do not have your phone, bang on a pipe or wall, something, don't exhaust yourself, but something to notify people that you are in that building still and where you are. Okay, watch out for all sorts of stuff. Exposed nails, broken glass are obvious ones, but storms, tornadoes do crazy things where they've shredded apart trees, and there's a lot of things that turn into hazards. So be very, very aware of your surroundings and careful. Stay clear of any fallen power lines, broken utility lines, that sort of stuff as well. So watch out for those.
1: Mm -hmm. After these severe storms, you typically see the community really band together and try to pick everything up after the storms come through. So there's a couple of safety tips during this kind of cleanup. So make sure you're wearing thick soled shoes, cover yourself, long pants, gloves, obvious, but warrants mentioning children should not take, should not partake in disaster cleanup. You want to avoid fire risk, So rather than matches or anything involving fire, stick with something battery operated and be aware of carbon monoxide poisoning. So don't use gasoline, propane, natural gas, anything inside a home generator. Don't set it up in your basement or your garage or even outside near an open window. Set it out where it's going to have plenty of air blowing it away. And if you start to feel sick, dizzy or weak, just get to fresh air right away. This can be super dangerous. Yes, that stuff is
0: sneaky, not good. Treat injuries. So this kind of goes too. if you've done some first aid and CPR training ahead of time, people may be injured. Provide first aid where you can. If it's a severe, severe injury, for example, if someone has a back injury or neck injury, do not move them. Try to provide them shelter where they are until like a round professionals can get there and assist as necessary. You don't want to cause any more extra damage possibly to that individual.
1: Also take care of yourself after severe weather event. It's normal to feel stressed or anxious. Make sure you're eating food that's going to nourish you and get enough sleep to help you deal with the stress. The Red Cross has a disaster distress helpline for free if you need to talk to someone and we'll include that number in our resources. Yeah, it's really great. It's a it's a huge process
0: after these events go through, too, especially with some of the damage, the level of damage that they can cause. So this is a big one. Well, Kelsey, I want you to talk about this one, the reunification with loved ones, because you did the research here for this. And I think it's really, really important. Probably the, one of the biggest things after something like this happens, important to all of us on both sides of this.
1: Yeah. If you're separated from your loved ones or friends in a severe weather event, the Red Cross or disaster, the Red Cross has a unification, reunification program. We're going to link it in our resources. So they have a set of criteria. Examples are if, if they're elderly or if you live in the same household and can't find them. Military is a part of their criteria, but it, we'll have it more specifically on their website. You can reach out to your local Red Cross chapter and use their program. If you do not meet these criteria, you can still be creative in your search. And I'll pass this off to you, Stacey.
0: Yeah, so and this might be your knee-jerk reaction, right? Is to like just get on the phone and call someone right away. Phone Mm -hmm. calls take more data and can't always happen if there has been damage, significant damage to cell towers. So try texting. I know you want to hear their voice, but it is much more likely that a text message is going to be able to go through. They usually have emergency beacons on cell towers, so even if it's damaged, text messages may still be able to go through. So try that. Eventually, you're going to get their voice on the phone, and I know that's a big goal. Try calling during off-peak hours also to see if there's a chance of a phone call actually going through. You know, the drill, check social media pages, all that sort of stuff. Try every way you can communicate with someone. Send an email. Cover all your blocks. If you know friends and relatives local to that person or any places or locations that they would often frequent. Try to get in touch with those, an employer, place of worship, senior center, social club, gym, anything like that, a school. See if they have heard of the person as well. Cover all your boxes here. Let's see. You can try sending a letter in case this is way down the the road if you really haven't heard from them in a long time because there's a chance that that letter could get forwarded to their new location. All right. So that is something to consider if you really cannot get in touch with them for a long time.
1: Stacey, one thing I don't think we mentioned in during it can be during cleanup or just immediately after a storm in avoiding hazards, etc. A lot of or really often these storms are accompanied by a lot of rainfall. Be aware of your surroundings, because a lot of time, times when there's downed lines, if those are touching water in any way and you get too near, that can be super dangerous.
0: Absolutely, and add uh, moving to like the nearest shelter too. If the area you're in has actual designated shelters for any severe weather, so this could be hurricanes definitely, which you have more time to plan for. Severe weather like tornadoes that you really have to get there before that storm gets close, or something like this. Identify if those shelters are there too. So again, we've got a lot of links that we are attaching to this podcast. So there's a lot of great resources out there. It's kind of a lot to go through too, but I will say that there's a couple of apps I wanted to mention on here too. So you can search up a lot of apps. So on top of like the automatic weather alert system, that's the one that's going to ping your phone and have that really, they test it every once in a while, right? Which kind of freaks you out a little bit, but it'll come across the radio. It'll come across your smartphone. But also in addition to that, the FEMA has an app as well. There is the Weather Ready Nation. We also have that linked on here. They have links to multiple different specific disasters. For more information, that's from the National Weather Service. The Red Cross also has an emergency app, and that is going to be, they have a Red Cross has a tornado app specifically. This summer though, that tornado app is going to be absorbed by the emergency app, the Red Cross emergency app. So there's a lot of information on there as well. You can get additional alerts from some of those too. Kelsey, I don't know if you had any other notes or anything else to add to this.
1: Not that I can think of. I think we, we covered a pretty big bit.
0: Yeah, so I think it was interesting to come across this topic and how kind of serious it is this year. The winter weather, like you explained earlier, really set us up for this rich environment for tornadoes. So more so than we have had to really deal with them before, this year might be, unfortunately, a really big year for this kind of disaster. So we're here to help you be prepared. Again, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, feel free to contact us. Our email address for the whole risk mitigation team here at LSDS is riskmitigation@lsds.us. at that gets the whole team. Or you can check out our website at lsds.us. We'll be back here soon. We've already got a couple other ideas that have jumped off from this. We want to get some more information out there as well. And again, Kelsey, thank you so much for joining me on this one. We'll be talking to everyone again here soon. Stay safe and weather
1: aware.